Hello, this is Daniel Gregory, and thank you so much for joining me today for episode 395 of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast, a meaningful image production. That is a little branding on my educational products. No change to the podcast, just starting to introduce that branding across all of my educational pieces. Hope you're having a great week, getting a chance to do something fun, creative, energetic, enthusiastically, optimistically hopeful for the what's coming for the week. So whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a great week. Really do appreciate you checking out the podcast, whether this is the first time you've listened to the podcast or you're a longtime listener. I really do appreciate you carving out that 10 to 15 minutes a week to check out my thoughts on photography and the creative process. It really does mean a lot to me to know that you're out there listening. So so one of the things that I have struggled with off and on across my, I don't even want to say photography, my entire life, and I think a lot of other people suffer from self-doubt at some point in their life. And we have to find a way to persevere through that. And one of the things that I've recognized with self-doubt as it relates to the photography is that it rears its ugly head in a lot of different ways. And we could spend basically a year or a decade talking about the different ways that self-doubt can manifest. But one of the things I wanted to talk about today was one of the aspects of self-doubt that I have struggled with myself at times. And I've recently been talking to a lot more photographers and artists about because one of the things that is happening is the massive influx of photography and massive influx of imagery that we're all subjected to every day. And if you think about the billions and billions of photographs created every day and the trillions of photographs created every year, it can become overwhelming to be inundated with that much information. We can easily get ourselves in a position of sort of shutting down because of so much photography and assessing how do I create work in that space. And I know for me, sometimes I'll have a great idea. I'll have this idea. Like, for example, I'm going to Yellowstone here in a couple of weeks. And for a long time, I've sort of wanted to go out under a full moon. So I timed my trip to be in a full moon. I wanted to photograph some of the geyser basins and some of the like Old Faithful, the Grand Prism. I want to photograph those under moonlight and then also with the little, you know, stars above them. Maybe do a little light painting, something like that. But I always kind of thought that iridescent moonlight might be kind of cool. Now, again, I have no control over the weather. When I get out there, it could be cloudy. I have no idea what's going to happen there. But in my mind, I had this idea of these photographs. To that end, I was sort of just looking around for, you know, locations for cool night photography in Yellowstone. And I've got my shot list. I kind of know where I want to go. But I thought, you know, maybe there's something I'm missing you know, and particularly after the floods, not all the roads are open and I want to be respectful of whatever the park system is doing. So I was just kind of looking at modern, you know, places to go for that. And a couple of images came up in that search where I was like, wow, that is a really cool photograph. You know, there were some where the geyser basin with the arc of the Milky Way, you know, was the 180 degree arc on a pano. There's just some really amazing photographs. And again, time of year, variable skill level, you know, people who do astrophotography can get some amazing photographs, just like people who do portrait photography or street photography, their skill set, you know, is oozed into that world where they create amazing photographs. And in my head, I had these ideas of some of the photographs I want. But when I look at these other photographs, you know, a little self-doubt creeps in like, wow, how am I going to go get something that I imagine that's on par with that? that has that same emotional impact and when I look at their work is when I look at my own work. And I think that's one of the areas where we can really start to get on a very slippery slope as photographers, is not recognizing that the skill level of photographers is 
higher than it's probably ever been. The number of photographers who have mad skills is more in total number than we've ever had before. Now, it's in part because there's more people, but it's also because more people are dedicated to photography as a medium and getting good at it. And the software helps and the processing helps and the amount of photographs we've been exposed to helps and learning to see what really makes a good photograph. And part of that self-doubt, I think, can come in when we start to look at like, wow, that look at that amazing photograph. Look at what went into making that amazing photograph. And, you know, maybe your self-doubt is, I don't have the skills to do that. Or I can never even imagine making a photograph that looks as cool as that photograph. Like my idea was to go out and tromp around and try not to get eaten by a bear in Yellowstone. Maybe I'll get a photograph. Wherever your imagination takes you with that, it becomes easy to recognize that in that looking at another photograph, it can impact how we perceive our own experiences behind the camera. Can we create photographs that are truly uniquely ours that hold up against the bevy of the billions of photographs we look at? And I think one of the areas where so many people fail in that regard, and I know that this is my own hook in here, when I get my own trap brain spiral of death that happens with this, is the self-doubt doesn't come from, I'm not a good photographer. The self-doubt doesn't come from, oh, I don't have the skills to do that, or that I can't acquire the skills to do that. Because I'm a pretty good photographer. I'm a pretty good photo teacher. I got some pretty good skills. I've got a decent imagination, I think. But that self-doubt comes from the execution and the planning and the dedication to, am I going to go to the same location night after night after night? Am I willing to do that? Is getting that shot that important? And for me, this is where the hook is. If I'm not that committed, am I really that good a photographer that I'm willing to commit to the photograph that I want? Am I willing to go back again and again and again to get it? And if I'm not, then I start to wonder, well, if I'm not that committed to that craft of getting the shot that I want, am I committed to the craft at all? And for me, that's where the self-doubt starts to seep in and take a foothold. And part of the way I have to deal with that, part of the way I have to recognize that moment of challenge in my own psychology is that the purpose, again, of why we make photographs. Why do we photograph? And I think for all of us, if we don't have clarity on that question, if we don't at our heart know why we make the photographs we make, it becomes incredibly easy for that doubt to take hold and have such a significant influence on us that it can block us from taking photographs or even going out to make a photograph. The why we take photographs, and I think it's a little different for everybody, but I think there's some common themes or some generalities to that. You know, I think we take photographs because we enjoy the experience of the photograph. I think there's something too wanting to see what something looks like when it's photographed. I think there's something that the camera sees beyond what we see and that we oftentimes find and recognize moments of life, moments of time, that even when we made the photograph, that we're pleasantly surprised at some of the things we find in the frame when we're processing, editing, and looking at it on the wall. I think those opportunities of learning more about ourselves through photography learning how we fit into a broader community, learning how we see our community, learning how we see our friends, our 
family members, through portraiture, whatever you're doing. I think there's an interesting dynamic that comes from diving into that purpose so that when the doubt comes out about, oh, geez, there's already amazing photographs of whatever. And how can I make my photograph even hold a bucket of water to that? That we're asking the wrong question. The self-doubt that has crept in is pushing the wrong question. It's pushing us to try to recognize that what we do is not supposed to be a stack ranking of photographs from one to a trillion. It's supposed to be about, do we understand and gain more out of taking pictures than we did the day before? Did I get to go out and have an amazing experience? Did I get to go out and learn something about myself? Did I get to go out and learn how to take a better picture? Whatever the ultimate expression of what matters in the photography, did that happen? And if it did, it is more valued than the doubt that came up. And so the way to deal with the self-doubt, the way to deal with the characteristics of, I can't go out and make that photograph, then come down to, are you going to believe in the power and energy and experience of being behind the camera and what matters to you in that experience? Or is it something else? Is, is the doubt going to take hold and make you not take the photographs? And so if you haven't spent the time to sit down and figure out why your photography matters to you, I think that's a worthwhile exercise. And I think if you have thought about that, it might be worth revisiting and writing down and reemphasizing so that when that doubt creeps back up, when that feeling creeps back up, you have a way to squash it. So on my trip to Yellowstone that's coming up where I'm thinking about some of that night work and I've gone out and looked at other photographers and been awe-inspired by some of the photography they've done at night around the geyser basins, the self-doubt of, I can't make a photograph like that, can slide to the side and looking at those photographs can turn into, look at the awe and wonder, I'm going to get to go a try to photograph, to try to experience, not to recreate that photograph, not to emulate that photograph, but to recognize that for me, that connection to the natural world that is so important to my photography is going to allow me to go out there and have a unique experience behind the camera, a unique feeling behind the camera that hopefully, if all goes well, also results in a really cool photograph that again is bound by my sensibility of what matters to me as a photographer. Just like for those photographs that have been awe-inspiring to look at, are bound to those photographers' experience. And for some people, maybe it's a technical exercise of going out and seeing what they can capture from a technical standpoint. For somebody else, it might be completely emotional. But if we're all connected to whatever drives that feeling of making the photograph, staying connected to what matters to us as a photograph, I think we can find it's a lot easier to maybe silence some of that self-doubt and make some more interesting photographs whether they're for ourselves or to share with others. Hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. 
Have a wonderful week, and hopefully you'll join me next Monday on episode 396 as the podcast drops every Monday morning. So thanks for checking out the podcast again. And if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and click the subscribe button on whatever platform you're on, and you'll just get the podcast as they get released on those subsequent Mondays. Thanks so much again for listening, and have a great week.